Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Say the grace of God. Put your hand on your head and say, I subject myself. To the grace of God. To the grace of God. Put your hand on your head. And say, I subject myself. To the grace of God. In the name of Jesus. I subject myself. To the grace of God. I subject myself. Every fiber of my being. To the grace of God. In Jesus' name. There are some matters you are fighting unnecessarily. In whom we have access by faith. Wherein we stand. In what? Into this grace. You are in grace. Use grace. Anytime you feel you can solve a problem by yourself, you are in trouble. Can I tell you something? Anytime you are looking for a result because you have maybe done something and the result is not coming, that is the answer to your input. I don't know if you get it. So what I'm saying is that the result you, you are getting now based on work, that is the result you are getting. It's not like the result is about to come. Do you get it? That is why you must subject to Grace. Because when you subject to grace, that inputs with even wrong motive. God doesn't see you. It is not you because it is in Christ. So he will go and look at Christ and give you a reward you don't deserve. A reward you, don't, you are not qualified for. Because if God should judge your mind and your heart, you are not getting a thing. That is why it is dangerous to be hoping for a lot of things. You know the song you were singing? I think you changed it, right? For example, if you say that he's working something, what do you say? He's turning things around. There will be a time I'll be frustrated. Because I'm always looking forward to that thing that has been turned around. That is hope. And there will be a time I realize, ah, for how long is it going to take for these things to be turned around? Then at the point in time you give up. And then you be God, God, I've been serving you. 
God has been praying. God has been doing this. God has been, who has been here before? God has been praying. God has been doing this. God has been eating. God has been doing it. But I don't see anything. God. What, I'm, what, you, what you are seeing at that moment is the result of your input. Because under merit, good deserves good. Bad deserves bad. So what you are seeing is not bad. It's as equal to your input. Remember, God sees motives. Your mot- if your motive is as clean as the input, then you are amazing. But in the book of James, he said, God, what is your motives? That's how come some prayers will not be answered. He said, you pray amiss. You pray amiss. So please, subject, this is the month of grace. Make sure you enjoy grace. Okay? And use it, use it. Keep saying it. And stay in the place of faith. The place of faith is where God is. The place of faith is what God sees. The place of faith means that I believe there is something with God. Because you see, faith emanates from the word of God. You see, How many of you are under grace? Okay. So do everything under grace. Yes, sir. And rest. Yes, sir. Put your finances under grace. Put your, put your finances under grace. Put everything. There's some things you can't do. I've come to understand that my effort won't give me anything. I, I've, you, you, you see, a renewed mind is when you come to that point. Well, you know that my input will not give me anything. Now see, so when my cash is going, I'm not bothered. You know why you get bothered when your cash is going? Because you thought you worked for it. (laughs) Yeah. So even when God wants you to be a blessing to somebody, you will not. When actually he gave you the money for somebody, not you. So let's stay in the place of God. Tell your neighbor, stay in the place of God. God. Alright, tonight we are talking about one of the most important subjects, Heotesia. And I'm sharing this one because on Wednesday, it looks like a lot of people did not get a lot of deep understanding, especially about sonship. When I was trying to explain sonship, because one of the last things I, t- I spoke about before we left. So let me talk about it. Say Heotesia. Say Heotesia. Yeah. Heotesia. Okay. All right. Now, Heotesia, you can see, comes from two compound words, Heo and Tesia. But actually, Tesia is from a root word called Titamai. Okay. Titamai is T I T H E M I. So Heo. Plus Titamine. It calls Heotesia. Now, Heo actually stands for sun. Sun. In Greek, Heo stands for sun. And Titamine stands for place. Install. 
place or to place, P-L-A-S-E, place or to, to install or to establish. To place, to install or to establish. So literally, literally, heotesia means placement into sonship. Or installation into sonship. <laughs> but the common definition you the f- common definition you always see is placement into sonship. Somebody being placed into sonship. And I need you to understand this because it will help you a great deal. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says that he has having predestinated us unto adoption of children. Now, with the definition I have given you, you realize that King James didn't do the translation correctly. King James says, unto the adoption of children. That's not correct. It has to be unto the adoption of sons. (laughs) Unto the adoption of sons. You see, you must study so that you don't just take anything. Now, it doesn't mean the Bible is wrong. It means the translation didn't go right. Because remember, all the translations you have, they are biased based on the understanding of the translator. So if I believe in this and I'm translating, let's, because one Greek word can be about 10 to 12 English meaning. So the one that I think is okay for me is what I pick. You, you get it now? But when you are studying by the Spirit and the Spirit of God is guiding you, Whilst you are looking at the various meaning, your eyes will pick the right one. And when your eyes pick the right one and you put it in there, they realize that it matches. Ah, this is what God is talking about. So steady, okay? So he said, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So this is what gives God pleasure. Can we see it in another translation? Let's say AMPC. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ. So this is also not correct. Okay? All right. In accordance with the purpose of his will, because it pleased him and was his kind intent. So there was an intent that I'm going to do something. Once you understand why and how Paul wrote this scripture, you'll be amazed. Now, let's look at other translation, TPT. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his son. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus he has for us. Oh, I didn't hear amen. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. I know you keep seeing children. But children in the Greek is rendered technon. Okay? But when you look at technon right now, the, the meaning, you will also see sun there. But sun is not the right rendition. Because of what adoption means. You get it now? Because of what adoption means. Okay. 
Because if you use children only here, then the meaning of adoption will not hold. Because I'm about to tell you why and where Paul came from. Any other translation? NLT. God decided in advance to adopt us as his own, into his own family by bringing us into himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Now, hold on. You see, to bring us into our family, into his family, was actually the day you received Jesus into your heart. John 1, 12. And as men, in fact, it was the birth. During your birth, that is when you were brought into God's family. In John 1, 12, he said, and as many as believe, received him and believed on his name, to them gave him what? P a power, okay, or the right. The word right there is the word authority. Authority. The, the Greek is ex exousia. The authority to become, look at it, children. Which means that we have been now born into God's family. So we have, we have added to his children. But that, that word children is different from son. From sonship. Sonship in the family of God does not mean a male child. Because a, a woman is a, a daughter under this dispensation also means sonship. Do you get it? Alright. So, let's look at how this came about. Now, sonship or adoption was mentioned five times in the Bible. One was written to the book, the people of Ephesus, the Ephesian church, two to the Galatian church, and then three to the Roman church. Now, he wrote it to them because they understood this culture. Now, adoption is actually the culture of the Romans. It was a Roman culture. It was a Roman culture. So, Paul wrote these uh, 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 letters to these three churches who understood this culture of adoption so that they can understand what God has done for us. Now, under the Roman culture, the father, the father is responsible for taking care of the children, the wife, as well as slaves and every property that he has. Now, the property and the slaves that he manages, the Greek would say oikonomia, which means economy, management. You see, the word economy came from the word oikonomia. I think I have a message called the economy of God. God's economy. Now, a simple means management, how you manage things. So he manages slaves because some of them, they are rich. Now, if you, don't, if you are not rich and don't have a, a, a properties or whatever, you cannot have, you, can, <laughs> you cannot really adopt. That's what it means. Now, this adoption is different from the earthly adoption where somebody goes to a children's home and adopts a child into your home. It's different. Here, the father, under this Roman law, the father is very powerful. There is, there is a term they use for the father which translates the father's power. 
It gives the father so much power that even when he has children, even when he has children, that power exists until the child dies. Even when you grow, you get married, you enter into politics or whatever, he has that power over you. What power is that? That father can sell you. He can kill you. He can put you into prison. He can make you a slave without reporting to anyone. <laughs> can you see that? Amazing. There is, there is a word. It's called the patria potestas. The patria potestas. It means the father's power. He has absolute power over the children. I'm telling you. He can just get up one day and say, you, you don't, I don't like you. I'll sell you. So he can sell you and buy you back again. He can decide to say, Lizzie, I just don't like you anymore. Kill her. And they'll kill you. That's what we call the father's power. Hmm. Now, God did all this to show you something. There is a significance to it, to, our, to your born again. So, now, if this child grows and somebody gifts this child a property or a gift, it belongs to the father. Your children's properties are his. So, they are actually under bondage under their father. You get it? Now, the slaves that he takes care of in his house and his other properties that he has, what happens is that normally the firstborn is being trained to a point where he can now take over because the father doesn't want the legacy to die. So he will raise a child, the son, the firstborn, train after some time and later declare the son publicly that henceforth, this my son has been trained and he's an heir. He has full right over my property. Do you get it now? So there are some rights and responsibilities that are given to this son. But there is also a case when or where the father has no son. Or has no children at all. In that case, he will have to go to his extended family to find one whose character and behavior is okay. Then he will bring such a person into his family and make the person the heir to his properties. In those times, they called those properties and slaves estates. Estate. Management of estate. Hmm. Are you with me? Now, if he does not find an extended family member, he can choose anybody at all. He can choose anybody at all. The person can be a slave in his house. Remember, patria potestas. The father's power. He can just select anybody. He can choose a slave. Now listen. When this slave or whoever is selected and brought into the, the house. And declared to be an heir 
of the estate. That son, that person who is not a, a, a legitimate member of the family automatically becomes a legitimate son under the law. Because once you select somebody, you have to go through a process under the, the Roman law. And it's a long and expensive process. Once it is done, then there is a declaration that this person now is an heir. Now, this is what, amazing, this is what is amazing about this. If this person, if I choose Anita, say, per se, and Anita is a slave and has debts, and he's owing $1 billion. Once I select him, because this person that is going to make this person, Anita, the heir, is so rich. So he will redeem her from all her debt. So I'll buy her ransom, pay for her ransom. In, in other words, when I bring her as my heir, every debt, every cost that was on her head is paid off. And when he comes into the family, he is seen as a new person than who he used to be before. So this was the background on which Paul wrote Ephesians 1.5. Adoption. <laughs> I've summarized it. Do you understand what I've shared so far? Do you understand? <laughs> Amazing. Please understand this. So, so he said, that, look, in Ephesians 1.5, he said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. Is that making sense now? Yes. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Now remember, hmm, once upon a time, now remember the patriarch, the father's power. Okay. We used to be under the power of sin. And were slaves under sin. We were tormented by sin and the devil. <laughs> That's how come you could die at any time. You could be treated anyhow. Okay. You see, you see the, the, so salvation was in there. The whole law of adoption in those times was a snippet. Snippet, right? Of the salvation story. So now, but, you see, so one day, you can go and have fun, make money, but because you understand, sin can kill you at any time. Because sin has death. Sin has death. That's what the Bible says. And if there's death, hell, hell is close. <laughs> Are you with me? Yes, sir. Now look at this. This adoption is different from birth. We are not bastards. We are not illegitimate children that our father is placing us into sonship. 
We are not outside the family. We are not like slaves elsewhere. When we were slaves under sin and its bondage and under the elements of this world, he paid for us, first of all, Apollotrosis, and forgave us of all our sins, our faces. And he gave birth to us. So we become members of his family as children. Then he says, all my children, all my children hmm, are being placed into sonship. So, three things are happening here. I haven't used you before. Please come. I like your jacket. You are God. Come. They are using new people, right? Yeah, they are being placed into sonship. So you are God. Stand here and face them. This is God. You are man. Please stand here. You are Christ. Calm and innocent. Now, God had a plan. And this plan was in his mind long ago and it always gave him pleasure. That I want somebody together with my son because this is his firstborn to take care of his inheritance, his estate. Okay? Now, this man, as at this point in time, is outside the family of God. Because he's not regenerated. So he's under the bondage of sin and the elements of this world. So he doesn't, he can be placed if he chooses him. But what he wants to do is to first of all, use only children in his family. <laughs> if he wanted to go out, then we don't need salvation. That is why in verse 5, he said he has predestinated limits, boundary to what he wants to do. And that's his boundary or limit is Christ. So as at this point, Christ, or Christ is the only one that is legitimate and has the right of a son, an heir, to inherit all the estate of this God. Can you see that? So he says that for this guy to be able to enjoy what I have together with him, then he must be found in him. He is the only access into the family. You can't jump a wall into the family of God. The only door into the family of God is Christ. So when this guy believed in Christ, he was automatically born into this family of God. Just like this one. So now he has become like this one. 
Now, when he came into this one, into this one, he did not, they didn't become two different people. This one is found in him. So stand behind him. Assuming you are in him. So this man and every other one outside the wall who come through him is found in him. Now remember that automatically what belongs to this one? In fact, what belongs to God, he is an heir of sin. And since this one is found in him, then whatever belongs to this one also belongs to this one. Is it clear? Yes, sir. Romans 8, 15 now makes sense to you. Look at it. With what I've told you now, you'll understand Romans 8, 15, 16, 17. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Let's do amplified. For the spirit which you have now received, say I have received, it's not a spirit of slavery to put you once more into bondage to fear. But you have received the spirit of what? Adoption. What is the spirit producing sonship? In the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. The Hebrew will say, Dear Father. In fact, Dearest Father. <laughs> or daddy daddy now this is the only time you see Hebrew and Greek words put together at the same time the Abba is Hebrew and the father you see there is Greek it means Abba Pata you see Abba Pata and Pata come from the origin Patria so the one I just showed you, Patria, means father. Okay? So what it means here is that now we have the spirit of adoption. What is the spirit of adoption? The spirit of adoption is the spirit of Christ. Because he is the only qualification that can make us adopted. Remember, he is the only reason you can be accepted. He is the only reason you can be you can be righteous. He is the only reason you can be saved. He is the only reason you can be eternally healed. <laughs> he is the only reason you can be forgiven. He is the only reason you can be redeemed. Without him, none of this one will come unto us. He's the only reason you're born again. That is why we look up unto Jesus. Because he's the reason. Without him, there is no sonship. Without him. Now, because he's the only person that knew God. Not as a creator. Not as any other name. But father. And father is more a relationship statement. So the word said, that spirit, when it comes into us, we cry. Dearest Father. You know there's a song, Dearest Father. Just to bring to your mind, God is not your closest friend. You are not your closest friend. 
You are a son. The Holy Spirit said to me, he said, with, with this understanding, how then do we say people can lose their salvation? With this understanding. Can I use the opportunity to share something with you? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, I want to show you something here. The Bible says that people will be saying that the end time is here. This is the end. Huh. He said, now, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Hold on here. Now you can see, he said, don't be shaken by information you hear that Jesus or his coming is, is today. During COVID, they said that was the end time. Now he's mentioned a few, a few areas where you can hear these things from. He said, from spirit, by word, or even letters from us. Very soon you'll be hearing things like the end is here. But the Bible says in Matthew 24 that when the end is coming to near, there will be many wars. We shall hear of wars between nations and other nations. But he said, even when we hear these things, he said, the end is still not yet. You see that thing? Now, when you go to verse 3, that's my point. He says, let no man deceive you by enemies. For the day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now, here, I know. The understanding is that there are a lot of Christians who fall. Have we heard that? Or have not heard that before? That we are waiting for some Christian. Oh, I've taught it before. But no Christian is going to fall. Because no Christian is going to be left behind. So, this massive falling away. It's not the Christians. This massive falling away are those who are in the churches who profess to be Christians and they are not. For example, there are a lot of children today who are in Sunday school who are growing in church. They are doing everything church, but they have not received Jesus. That's the danger. The Sunday school teachers and ministries must be careful. That when the children get to the age of seven, they must receive Jesus into their heart. Because you see, they see themselves as born into the church. From Sunday school. So they do everything and they grow in that dimension. They don't see the need to receive Jesus. Because whilst in Sunday school, they pray, they read Bible, they come to church every day. They, they, they do everything. When I hear them speak in tongues, I'll be wondering what kind of spirit they speak with. Because until a man is born again and has the Holy Spirit, he cannot speak in other tongues. So all these people will fall off. Show amplified. All these people will fall off. And the true ones will be revealed. That's why people say true Christians. Because it is in comparison to those who are in the church who are not. I'm not talking about people who have, you know, falsified themselves and entered. I'm talking about people who have never received Jesus into their heart, yet they are in the churches. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of them. 
thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayman 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-LJedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny-LJedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel-Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International, contact services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to lead from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.